Do you feel like you're paying too much in taxes every year or have a relationship with your current CPA where you only meet them once or just before tax time? Look, I want you to know that there is another solution to paying less in taxes and keeping more of your money. Valard Advisors is a leading fractional CFO and CPA firm that specializes in advanced tax strategies for founders, athletes, and entrepreneurs. Valard Advisors can help you navigate the complexity of business taxes and ensure that you're paying the least amount in tax possible. But this is far more than tax preparation. This is strategy. This is really getting into the data-driven decisions that your business needs to make in order to develop a long-term strategy that aligns for your business and personal goals. Whether you're looking to minimize tax liability, maximize your deductions, or plan for your financial future, Valard Advisors has the expertise and experience to help you get there. Do not wait until tax season. Work with professionals today. Contact Valard Advisors to schedule a consultation. And for the listeners of Generation Wealth, go to www.ballardadvisors.com and join my business partner, Kelly Ward, and I at a live workshop where we talk about how to make tax-free money legally. Again, that's www.ballardadvisors.com. It's, it's really easy in a great market for people to say, get debt, get debt, get debt. No, you know, just build your portfolio. But if something shifts, you know, I lost I lost friends in 2008. I know people that killed themselves because of everything that happened in the market and and losing millions and millions of dollars. And, and until you're a seasoned investor, just really understand debt and knowing what that's going to do, because there's there's nothing worse than having a life that you have so much pressure to perform every day and to go make more money or you're going to be upside down on something. Welcome to Generation Wealth. I'm Candy Valentino, and I've been building businesses and generating wealth before I could legally order a drink. For more than two decades, I've built, scaled, acquired, and exited businesses, all while investing in real estate and building financial freedom. Now I want to help you expand your wealth and give you the proven roadmap to implement today. It doesn't matter if you're a part of Generation X, Generation Y, or Gen Z. It is time to join Generation Wealth. Now let's get started. The downsides to real estate investing that nobody tells you. Well, you know what? There aren't many. I'll tell you that. If you do your research, you know, I always say investing just like business is a skill. If you want to develop that skill, you want to be better at something, you have to do more research, you have to learn more, you have to increase your knowledge, and there's so much available out there for you to do. But if you don't do that, and you just go and buy off of instinct, and you don't run the data, and you don't know numbers, and you don't understand the market, and you don't understand where you're actually buying, then it could be an expensive mistake. However, it also depends on if you just want to hold that property. Most mistakes will stabilize if you're going to hold that property longer, right? So let's use an example. If you overbuy, if you pay more for a house than you technically should, let's say it's single family, and all of a sudden you want to sell that house. And now the market shifted during the time you were doing the renovation, and now it's not going to sell for as much as you thought it was when you first did your research. Well, does it have the ability to now become a rental? Can you hold that property? And if you hold that property over time, like if we even look back at 2008, for an example, anybody that would have lost their ass in the market after the crash, if they would have just held that 
for 10, 15 years, look at where that property value would be now. So if we take the Phoenix market, for example, dirt in Paradise Valley was going for like five hundred to $800,000 an acre back after the crash. Well, we look at now, it's $2.5 million an acre. So anybody that would have lost their ass because of that bad buy, now they just have to hold it long enough. So you just have to be willing to outlast the markets if you make a mistake. But overall, those pretty much stabilize over time. So, you know, maybe the only other thing I would say is like, don't over leverage yourself in debt. You know, it's it's really easy in a great market for people to say, get debt, get debt, get debt. No, you know, just build your portfolio. But if something shifts, you know, I lost, I lost friends in 2008. I know people that killed themselves because of everything that happened in the market and, and losing millions and millions of dollars. And, um, and it's not just one, it's a lot. So you want to make sure that you're not over leveraged because you don't want that pressure cooker type of lifestyle. So I would say that those are probably the only two things is Make sure that you're willing to hold long term should you make a bad buy at, a, at, at the wrong time. And then also just be cautious with your risk tolerance. And until you're a seasoned investor, just really understand debt and knowing what that's going to do, because there's there's nothing worse than having a life that you have so much pressure to perform every day and to go make more money or you're going to be upside down on something. Okay, so that's a good question. Do you need to be an accredited investor in order to invest in real estate? The short answer is no. But the caveat is it all depends on what type of fund that you're investing in. So there are multiple types of fund. There's a 506B fund. There's a 506C. There's a Reg A+. There's all different types of fund. And the different types of fund that someone is raising money for will determine if you need to be accredited or not. So what is an accredited investor? The SEC defines an accredited investor as somebody that's single, if you're single, um, and you're making more than $200,000 for three consecutive years annually, or if you're married, it's $300,000. So that's just like the definition of it. There's also some different requirements depending on what you've got in assets and how much you have outside of your personal residence. But the point is that depending on what somebody is raising funds for will determine what type of fund that they have, whether it's a 506B, like I said, or a 506C. A 506B is a private fund. So when you see people on social media that are trying to raise money for a real estate deal or, or something else, quite frankly, that's probably a 506C if they're looking for accredited investors, because a 506B cannot be advertised, cannot be talked about. It's, you know, kind of all behind the scenes that's that's going on. You have to know somebody that's in there. You have to know them for at least 30 days. You have to establish a relationship. There's all kind of roles. The C, for example, you can take accredited investors um, and, and advertise for them. So we can jump on a webinar and talk about this project that I'm doing, and everyone, if you're accredited, can participate and invest in. The Reg A Plus, for example, um, is a subsidiary of a different type of fund, and that is for non-accredited. So anybody would be able to participate in the fund. The reason that you're going to see more investments work with accredited investors is because the SEC is a little more lax, saying if you're an accredited investor and you make this kind of money, you can decide where you want to put your money. But they have a little more protection for people that don't have a high net worth, saying that we want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence, that you're not just going to raise a bunch of money create a bunch of fraud and not give people a return on their investment. If you want to master delegation, automate your onboarding and training new employees, as well as run a more efficient operation, you need to start documenting your processes. The good news is there's a platform called Trainial. Trainial can easily document everything about your business, finally get your SOPs and policies organized, and shave tons of time off onboarding and training. Whether you're trying to grow or scale with consistency, or you need more ROI on your team's time, Trainial is the answer. Businesses of 
of all shapes and sizes are raving about Trainio, including mine, resulting in cutting training time and related costs by 75%. And right now, our podcast listeners can get 10% off their first year. Visit www.trainio.com and enter the promo code CANDY. That's Trainio, T-R-A. I-N-U-A-L.com, promo code CANDY when you pick your plan. Okay, so this question is, if somebody had $10,000, $100,000, or $1 million, how would you invest it? Okay, so first, I hate this question because there is no context. And anybody that tells you, oh, do this, do that, do this, has no understanding of your personal life. They don't understand what you're earning. They don't understand what you've already have saved or invested. They don't understand what your debt is, if you have any. So anyone that's just going to give you a blanket statement isn't doing you any justice. Like they're doing a disservice to you to just say something. Now I can say this, like, what would I do if I had 10,000, hundred thousand or a million dollars to invest? And I could say that, but again, that's, that's not context for your situation. So I'll just go back to what you should be doing regardless of the amount that you have, because you might have 10,000 in an account and you're still paying off debt because you don't know that you should be taking that out of a non-interest bearing account and paying off your debt with it. So let's just give context. Number one, if you have personal debt, car loans, boat loans, payday loans, if you have anything outside of an asset, a loan on that, that needs to be paid off before you start taking that $10,000 and investing it. Do you have a business? Is your business profitable? Do you have a fallback fund built for you and your employees or for your family if you have a job? Like These are all parameters that need to be met first before we start talking about investments. So that's what I would say. Let's say that you have all of that done. You have zero debt. You are um, not in a cyclical business and your business has stability. You have a fallback fund of at least three to six months. You're in a great market. And now we're talking about what would I do? Well, then I would be looking at, do you already have some sort of tax advantaged IRA or SEP within your business? Because that could be tax advantage as well. That is a long-term play. It also depends on what your goals are. Like if you want that $10,000 and you want to see a return on it more quickly, then a tax advantaged IRA or retirement vehicle isn't going to be the answer. So that's why I hate this question. If somebody was sitting across from me and asked this question, I would be able to get that context quickly and see where they are. And then I would tell them what we're doing. If we look at the person with a million dollars and they have everything fixed, and this is just a million dollars floating around, my question to them would be like, do you want to invest in real estate or do you want to be a landlord? Because there is a difference. You can invest in some really, really great funds. I have friends that have them um, that you can invest your money in and invest in real estate. It's a long-term play, but you're going to still get residual income pretty much right away if you're in the right one. And then when they do a cash out refi, you're typically going to get your principal back. But if you want to be a landlord and you want to have your own properties, well, then I'd be looking at the different types of properties either in your market or in these other areas that I know are a great investment about picking up another property with that million dollars. Again, depends on what your goals are. So again, not probably the not the answer that anyone wants to hear, but it's just I can't do that in good conscience and give people bad advice because I don't know your personal situation. And don't forget that if you didn't buy a copy yet of Wealth Habits, it is now available on Audible. And thank you so much for all of your support because we are number one bestseller new release in multiple categories. And of course, if you already have a copy of the book and downloaded it and listened to the book, please consider leaving a five-star review over on Amazon. It would mean the world to me as well as many other readers that need this information. Okay, guys, that's it for today. We'll see you next time on Generation Wealth. Generation Wealth. 